Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Alex. We're going to talk about storage and protection and such topics about when you have your cards, what do you do with them? So I've got some ideas. Alex has some ideas. We're going to bat it around. But thanks, sponsors. I don't really have a supply sponsor. One of these days, maybe I will, because I think highly of the supply companies. But anyway, I've got BGS, Beckett Media, Beckett Authentication. I've got ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. I don't know that the card companies are worried about storing their cards other than getting them in packs and getting them in the hands of people that want them. So anyway, welcome, Alex. Uh, tell us a little about your ho- hobby background, and then let's launch into this conversation about different ways people can handle their cards. So thanks, Alex. Thanks, Dr. Beckett. Yes, growing up uh, as a young boy in the early 1980s, started collecting uh, baseball cards. By the mid-80s, late-80s, my mom told me that my sports card collection has pretty much outgrown the house. <laughs> Opened up the uh, card shop in 1988, right during the, the junk wax era. So I had the card shop for about seven years till 1995. Got out of the sports card uh, collecting for 15 years or so, went through college and started life. And over the past uh, five, six years, I've been getting back into collecting a little bit more and more. What was it like having a card shop? Were you at the, in the peak of it? Actually, toward the end, it was probably not a good situation. But in the beginning, it probably looked very promising. Yeah, so opened it up in uh, May of 1988. Um, had it for seven years. Things were really good in the beginning. And then... As I recall, towards the mid-90s, that's when all oh, sort of the, the gaming cards were coming out. Was it Magic the Gathering, I believe, and some other gaming cards? And I was going off to college and just lost interest for a while. And as we know, the industry really changed. You know, you had some questions for me that I thought were interesting. And the, and the first one was about, like I said, what we're titling, we're going to talk about in this episode, about kind of storage and protection of cards. But as you've explained your background, like me, I suppose, you've gone from being a dealer to being a collector. Maybe you're a collector, then a dealer, then a now collector. And so when you're talking about storing your cards, there are different considerations for a dealer or a shop owner, an LCS, as opposed to a collector or a, a casual show dealer, whatever. And so what are you now? And because uh, <laughs> a true confession from when I owned the I had part ownership in a store, I still have a lot of boxes from that one thing we had a lot of were boxes so what are you mimicking what you did in the store or do you have some other uh, approach as a collector just a pure collector right now and most of my cards i have in the penny sleeves and then in top loads what about what now there were penny sleeves back in the day but they weren't as regarded as essential i don't think and there probably were top load top loaders somewhere in there yes and, and I believe card savers were coming out in the mid-90s, a little bit more thicker uh, or uh, flimsier plastic. Uh, okay. So in your card store, you didn't really have to worry about that. You just had shoe boxes or monster boxes or the... That, that is correct. And then... With the, the count boxes, things like that. And then single screw uh, top loads. Yeah. The supply business has, I guess, exploded. And it's not... And like you said, it's there's non-sport stuff as well, but penny sleeves... They're selling them by the 10,000s, I think. And there's a run on top loaders and semi-rigid card saver type things. And have you been caught in that? Or did you have enough supply from, like I said, I have a lifetime supply from being, from having an interest in a card shop and, and then some of the cards we had back in the day of the company. I'm with you as well. I got plenty of supplies, probably more than I'll ever need. You ever sell well, your supplies? Excuse me? You ever sell them or trade them? Or I do not. 
and just wonder what people do. There's just such a shortage, but then nobody asked me about a shortage. Nobody asked you, Alex, about a shortage. They could have just come over and drive off with some. Although I haven't seen a market for gnarly used supplies. Have you? I have not. Marked up top loaders, marked up penny sleeves, marked up semi-rigid card savers. But the ones that look like new, it seemed like people would, would want those. And one of my questions, if you're not having your cards professionally grade, what's a good way to store them for 20, 30 years for the average mid-grade card? The penny sleeves are, are, it's hard to beat starting out with a penny sleeve because it's going to keep fingerprints off, maybe some nicks, but then you probably need to go beyond that. The problem is, as soon as you go a little bit beyond that, I guess some of the card savers will fit in the monster boxes, but then some of them are, they're, they're too wide. Correct. So I want, in fact, and then we haven't even talked about nine pocket sheets, which is something that I got out of. I, I had a bad experience with the early versions of those. So I've moved away from nine pocket sheets, even though they're, the, they're a great way to show your collection to somebody, but they're not very good at protecting the cards. Did you have a bad experience uh, pre the Rotman days? Yeah, pre in the PVC days when I have, I do like some cards that have a plastic coating <laughs> that is uh, involuntary plastic coating. And were those the side, uh, side load pages? I, I have all kinds of bad ones, Alex. I have top load, side load, and I've had, I occasionally would buy a collection and sometimes they're double inserted and back to back or three cards in one pocket and getting them out is tricky. And then even when you do, they're either creased or dinged or something. So I'm not against that. Like I said, it's the best way to show your collection if you've got a set. What are you going to do? Show somebody an 800 count box and say, hey, here's a top set in here. How do you like to look at it? And some of the factory sets, they're not even numerical order or find the good cards in there. Even if they are numerical order, you wouldn't know. But yeah. So I've moved more toward monster boxes and shoe boxes, I think. With just a penny sleeves, correct? I don't even do penny sleeves unless they're above a, above a, a buck, maybe. I don't know. If it's a common card or something, I'm not going to sleeve them all. So I just, and when I, I do send things into Com C. And I generally, I actually don't sleeve them before. I think that's probably frowned upon, but I'll, you can't pack them too snug because you don't want to be squeezing them and bending them or compressing them. But I think they get there. Actually, one time they sent me a video or pictures of opening my box in, in the Washington state and admonishing me, scolding me that I've messed up, but they weren't real expensive cards, but still I thought, and it gotten crunched. It gotten crunched in the postal service. So they didn't mess up. And I just, if I had a triple boxed, maybe I wouldn't have had a problem. And one of the issues I found storing a lot of my cards in penny sleeves and then putting those on top of top loads is just the weight. Absolutely. We'll try getting them graded. And BGS is either the best or the worst. Depending. I remember when we were getting started with BGS and Mark Harwell, the, who was one of the key guys and the president of my company at one time, was was a bodybuilder. He was a weightlifter. And he said, we've got the best slab. It is so thick and so sturdy. And it's got an inner sleeve. And this thing is not bulletproof, but it, it's really strong. And I thought, that sounds great. Until I got some cards graded. And they said, would you like us to take these out to your car? And, I, and they said, I said, I'll just pick them up. And they said, maybe not. <laughs> so I can pick them up. But if it's a big box, it's a lot of weight. Yeah. And so when you top load or uh, card savers, it does add to the weight. 
does that out of the way. But I think it adds protection, and protection is important. So when you're, if you're a collector, you're protecting your cards, but you want to be able to bring them out. Do people come over and want to see your cards? And every now and then, and I do have some sets in nine pocket pages and albums, I just single sided, so we can see the backs. So it makes it easy to flip through and reminisce about players and teams and looking at the backs. I have a mix of albums and then top loads, and and some just like you raw, just in monster boxes. Do you have a, a dollar threshold uh, above which you uh, put something in a top loader or a semi-rigid, or do you have a dollar threshold for if it's above X dollars, I'm going to get it graded for extra protection, or do you just play by feel? Play by feel. Um, if it's over 5 or $10, it's probably in maybe a penny sleeve and a top load, and anything under that just goes into a monster box or a 800-count box. The top loads, what I realized, the shortage, I think, wasn't top loads per se as much as the extra the extra point kinds of top loads the thin top loads that hold a regular size card i think those weren't that hard to find in the shortage but the extra thick one for the like not necessarily booklet cards but the the game used some, gosh and and so when i have some of those those are the tough ones because if you try to cram a, a thicker card into a top loader that doesn't fit you're you're going to mess it up you're asking for trouble I've asked for trouble. I've seen trouble. I've done it. I'm smart because I only going to make the same mistake once. <laughs> so I haven't made the same mistake twice. But yeah, so that, I think that's cards are increasing in value. You've got to take care of them. Correct. And I've noticed, especially with some of my memorabilia, game use cards, bats or jersey cards, I've been putting those in the, in the single screw down, loose sight holders. Okay. I'm not a big fan of uh, screw downs. Partly because when I've gotten some of them, two things have happened. Not that I've, I haven't hurt myself, but it takes a while to get them unscrewed in some cases, unless they're those one screw things. But it takes a while. And, and I, I've had a couple of times in my lifetime that they weren't penny sleeve first and there was some tearing. And that, that only has to happen once and you just freak out. That, and I don't know that I put it in a, I didn't bake it. I don't know how, but maybe some chemical composition of the coating of the card or something adhered. And that's just, that just freaks you out. Did it happen in the corners? That's happened more than once because I've been, sometimes I'll acquire something that way. And then I'm thinking now, maybe just leave it in there and transact unless I really want the card. And I've had a couple of good cards that, 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 but they have these, these one touch mag things that are not screwed. that are little, that have a little more of a cavity that you can put the card in that it won't slide around too much and it's not like a sandwich that's squeezed to death. Uh, Are those new? I haven't seen those. Well, some of them, they just have a little magnet at the top. There's always been some version of that from back in what they call it a one touch or something, but I don't like them because I think you drop them on the floor, they pop open. So I I don't hold on to those either. So basically I've got, I'm either going to put it in the monster box or in it. If it's, if it's a, one of those, the top loaders or card savers, I'll put it in a shoe box. Most of the shoe boxes fit those, yes. but if it's above a certain amount, I'll, I'm going to try to get it graded. And I, I can still report that even though I'm, I, I, I'm a big fan of BGS, uh, so are apparently an awful lot of other people <laughs> who are apparently ahead of me in lines. So I, the turnaround is tough, but once it's in the slab there, it's going to be probably good forever. So that's good. And the rest of them are in, I told the story. I had a kid come over and he said, Troy Aikman's my favorite player. And I said, this is great. I've got a bunch of Troy Aikmans. You want to see him? He said, sure. He just, he freaked out because I had too many. 
and they were in a monster box. Now, it wasn't a whole monster box full of Troy Aikman, but there was there were enough in there that he was emotionally drained. If it would have been, and I realized if it had been nine pocket, it, even if they'd have been lesser cards, the lesser important cards, not as expensive, he probably would have gotten a kick out of leafing through a bunch of common Troy Aikmans and uh, called that a day. But he was whipped. He was whipped at the end of, he just, he was going through them and they were some, a few tougher cards and things like that. He hadn't seen them. And unless you're really into the hobby, you don't necessarily know that one card is way better than another. When I do my wall of fame, there can be a $5 card right next to a $50 card, right next to a $500 card. And the, you would know probably, but the non-collector would probably guess wrong about which one is the more expensive one. And a serious collector might even be thrown off because some of the cards are obscure. And rarity does not equal value, but in some cases it does. In regards to your Troy Aikman collection, I can see how that can be overwhelming. Did you have any duplicates in there or were they all single uh, single cards? I wish I didn't have duplicates. That's no fun to have duplicates, Alex. I, I, we're going to end this uh, episode on a high note. And that the high note is that my duplicates are going to find a home in somebody else's collection. So there's some decent cards in there. I try to keep one of one of uh, you know one of each. But then you're undoubtedly going to have extras, and and I'll find a home for them. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, listeners. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. And Alex, I'll, I'll thank you for your provocative questions, and we'll do another episode soon. So thanks, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. The man